Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Lance Psycho, how's it going? Good. We got the uh, we got the sound adjusted better. Yes. <laughs> Everyone should be happy, especially you, Lance Psycho. I'm doing well. Great haircut. Thank you. We potentially have exciting news, right? I don't even know if we're breaking it. So well, at least hint at it. We'll, we'll hint. We'll break it after this first exciting news. Okay. So we have a sponsor, and I'm very happy about this sponsor because I go after the sponsors, and we only have sponsors that we know and use. So it's not. I, I've heard it before because I've even asked some people about you know their sponsor, and I then realized like, oh, you guys don't even use them. You don't even use them. So like, we well, use a sponsor. Yes. It, uh, it's Enscape. So I interviewed two weeks ago, Phil Reed. He was on the podcast. You can go back and listen to that. But Enscape is a 3D visualization plugin. And we used it because someone hired us to do 3D renderings. But what's cool is is what I did in Firestone, my hometown. Right. So what are architects good at? I'm architects asking. are good at visualization and design, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> design, yeah. but not visualization? Well, what are we well, good at? <laughs> visualization, right? We're great at but what's cool, what I learned about using Enscape is like, you can time travel. You can literally Whoa. time travel. Like, Whoa. how can architects time travel? We're already in the future. So, you can come up with an idea. So, I'm doing this. I'm doing like a plaza, a, a rec building, and, and a pool for, for, for this town. I'll, Al, I'll put, Al, Al wants a pool. I, I want a pool. I want a pool right by where I live. So, then I don't have to build one. Uh, the city will build one for me. Uh, I'll put the rendering. Uh, the, we made a video. I'll put the video up on the show notes, right? So you'll be able to see it. But what's great is that, you know, you can design in Revit or whatever you design in. And we uh, put it into Enscape. And Enscape takes all the materials and you can fly through and walk around. It's, it. an, so, inc- it's an incredible visualization, I got to yep. tell you. I felt like I was in the yoga studio, ready to do yoga studio that Alex is proposing. Yeah. I felt like I was on top of the cool pool he's, he's designing. And the lighting is actually really the best part about it. I'm so excited about it to, to continue using it. And also, especially for our development project, we are going to blow people out of the water with, yeah. this, with that. So no, so we exported a video. So you can walk around in real time. And then you saw the video that we exported. Um, what's cool is that you probably don't know about a different client that we use. They wanted to know how the sun was being shaded and if the overhangs were protecting it so you can stand in the spot or walk around <laughs> and change the sun and you know from winter to summer from you know morning to night so just instantly yeah the you, be- the real beautiful part about it is it, is it seems like it's pretty seamless with rabbit so you have everything modeled and oh. you just plug it's just plugging plugging stuff in right okay so we have we'll have more stories to tell but again we just use it on another project a different project where um we're doing a lot of stuff, but we were talking about, okay, the porch needs to be covered. So Mark was literally in Revit on you know one screen, and he changed the porch. And then on the other screen in Enscape, it popped up. And it literally went before Incredible. I blew their minds. Blew their minds. Yep. Um, I th- you can do a free trial. So you know, it doesn't hurt just to try it. So go to Enscape.com. How do you spell that? Uh, E-N-S-C-A-P-E. Awesome. Dot com. Enscape. Yep. There, there's... 
if you don't try the free trial, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Looking at you, Nick. Nick, Nick if you don't send us <laughs> visual proof that you tried this, I don't even know. Sad. Fired. Sad. Yep. yep. Got to find a new best friend. Yes, we do. Cool. <laughs> um, you got something? I do got something. I got a quick tip about fees. So architects are notoriously beaten up for their fees, right? We're kind of like a... Not probably not as bad as a subcontractor's beating up for their fees if you know if you're doing if you're doing like a tile work or something like that. But we still get beat up for our fees, right? Because and we're the first ones to get a check written to us typically. You know, maybe a surveyor, maybe maybe you've bought a piece of land, I don't know, but like you're the first one like in the design development process to have to break the barrier and show the sticker stock uh, sticker shock. shock to the client. So I have been on a tear. So has Alex. We have been on fire in this last quarter uh, in terms of sales. We're, we're really excited. Um, but I, 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 one of my most recent ones, uh, which I'm going to hopefully sign with them today, is <clears throat> it's a it's a, a remodel in Denver. And one of the questions I got was, you know, he had a couple questions coming back just to make sure. Um, I think we were, you know, we we're obviously a front runner. And we ended up winning the contract. But what he said was, do you ever charge on an hourly basis per phase? up to a cap price for said phase. In other words, can we do this on an hourly? Maybe it won't take you as long as I as I as you think is going to take Mr. Architect and so you'll save a little bit of money. And so I I think there's a right way to answer this question and obviously we won the contract so I think I think I answered it correctly. So what I said was and this is like the proper way to do it is you, is you, you basically steal you're you're steel manning yourself, I think. So I said we don't charge hourly up to the phases. Sorry. I understand that you might want to try and save a few dollars with that approach, but the fees we provided in the contract allow us to provide you with the best possible service. There you go. Best. Yep. And you could say for service, value, whatever. Yep. Um, what's crazy about that is this is probably a non-architect since he's hiring an architect. Yep. And I'm okay with this. I've heard this before. <laughs> I've you know, So I take no offense to it. But boil it down to what's happening is... I think I know how much time it's going to take you to do something you've done a hundred or a thousand times. Yeah, and the backstory about this is, is this was this was a client that brought us a, a SketchUp model. Uh, so he he modeled his house, you know, his existing house, yeah. and then he showed us, you know, he showed me the example, and that's or, or uh, he showed me what he wanted to do to his house. So I think you know, there's some of that. Yeah. I, I, it's echoing and reinforcing what you're saying. Well, here we go. Do you ever would you consider this? Because basically that's giving them a um, uh, an option to save money, right? So you're giving them something, but you're not getting anything in return. You're just lowering your fees because, in, you know, like let's say for phase two costs $5,000, right? And you agree um, that, okay, we'll do hourly up to 5000 right? Let's say you, so you gave them the contract for 5000 He goes, can we do hourly up to 5000 Say we can do hourly up to a top set, but that's you know, limiting, you know, giving you all the reward and I'm not getting any, you know, I'm taking all the risk. So we can do a top set to up to 6,500 now. Right. So you raise it. You raise it. Yeah. You end up raising it. Yeah. So just, just reinforce your stance. I think in that you're saying there's a reason for my fees and my fees are these allow me to provide you the best possible service. If we reduce those fees, I can't provide you that best possible service. I know you want it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, so speaking about best possible service, we have some awesome news. Uh, after a long time, long time hunting, <laughs> we are probably going to close on our loan. Probably not today. It'll be a miracle if it happens today, but probably on Monday. 
almost for sure on Monday. I don't know. I'm still optimistic that it could happen late in, late this afternoon, um, and we we drive down to North Denver, so you know, 30 minutes away. Yeah. Well, I was too, but then you scheduled a signing for a contract. I can. I, I let him know that we might have a signing. We might have. We might. I might have a closing, and that we'll have to cancel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. Cool. Um, what I want to talk. So, if you have ever published a book, or you've probably heard this, I went to a hundred different publishers. Yep. And then, you know, the hundred, it was the hundredth one, right? It, it, to me, it always sounds like, oh, it was that magic number, like the hundredth or whatever. It's like, no, you would have kept going. It was the 99th before the hundredth. I almost yeah. got to a hundred, but the 99th person so, I went to was amazing. Like so I'll tell you how many we went to. Holy cow, you've tallied this. But this Look is, at this guy. I, I bet you I forgot about some. Um, <coughs> and here, I'll just count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight different possible lenders. Yep. And they were classic institutional lenders, right? Not all of them. Not all of them. Not all of them. Maybe so, half and so half. One, Elevations, which is, is a good local bank here. Their guarantee requirements, a guarantor was just too high. Like we we, we couldn't meet it. Um, guarantee Bank. <laughs> they wanted pre-sales before funding. Which is okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um Collegiate Bank needed a better loan to cost. So like they needed us to put in more money, which means like, okay, then we would have had to bring in someone else and then pay them. So, you know, that would have all went off. Um, This other one, uh, Great Western, just they wouldn't give us the loan amount that we wanted. um, So we couldn't make it work. Um, There was a great one, uh, Abundant Solutions. Uh, They, you know, we didn't have enough equity in there. there was this this Florida one uh, bank, which would have worked out great, but they didn't do our project type. And like each one of these was a conversation, forms submitted, gathering up all the taxes, filling stuff out. Um, some of the banks in the beginning was like, you know, meeting after meeting. Uh, you know, one of them was meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And then on Monday. So it's like, oh, we did, this last one, you know, was a magic one. But we probably would have still been going if it if it wasn't this last one. I got an email and we're still trying to figure out how they found out because I asked, I asked them like, Hey, how did you reach out to us? He goes, my marketing manager gave me a list of people that he's met or known. So like, I'm sure we'll boil down to it, but I wonder if, I wonder if it's almost just from the press that we do about being known. And it could be just something like, it it could be they, they talked to our civil engineer or they talk to like you know one of our developers that we know and that you know um, it'd be funny if it's the last bank we were trying to work with just to give them our number and stuff <laughs> gave them gave them give them our contact information like yeah just okay you know yeah. and that's how it worked so the first thing i asked is do you guys do condo projects and then that was just like it because i was like i'm not going to waste my time filling right. out all these forms right. all this stuff and they're private so it's going to cost <laughs> us a little bit more but it moves quicker, less regulations, more flexibility, and it's the only way to get some of these these projects done. So we are really excited about it. And what I want to, yeah, it's, it's hard to. <laughs> we haven't totally closed yet. So I want to jinx it. But right. if it, but if when we do close, I mean, everything is. We, we've been we you know we've been confidently told all week, right? Kind of right after Alex showed on the pro forma. Sent them all of the you know the first round of, of paperwork that oh yeah this is good we should be able to close this week, you know then we met with them we met we met in person with them yesterday on the job site and I asked the question like well I thought 
are we really going to be able to close tomorrow? Because I thought we were still doing underwriting. I was like, nope, underwriting's done. Underwriting's done. We just need this title work to come through, and then we're going to finish up the whole thing. Um, if when we do close this, it it will be the Jonathan Segal way, where we what we brought to the table was deferred development fee, deferred contractor fee, and nope. then, no, 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 none of that, none, none of that, that mattered. It was loan to value at sixty five percent. What's your value? Which means what was your appraisal? Then so, but, 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 but we are deferring all that stuff. In other words, in other words, there's no cost in the pro forma for that. Like we've said, we're deferring that. Correct. I mean, we didn't say that to any. They didn't even ask that question. But yes, between me, me and you and all the listeners, yeah. we we deferred. And then it. the equity that is coming through is the architectural engineering that we have put into this, plus the equity in the land. Yes. Yes. Yes, and but the it, only but, way we got, they, this is ahead. what's different between a bank. So the bank would make you verify all that, all these hoops, all this other stuff. They see loan to value. What's your value? You get you an appraisal, right? I'm going to make up numbers. Five hundred, five million bucks is, is your value, right? And then okay, we can only loan sixty five percent of that, which means can you get the building done for that? And the reasons everyone else wasn't really working out was for our scenario. Yeah, the construction costs are only about 65% of the value. Of the value, meaning the total appraised value, what yep. it's going to sell for. But a bank does, they look at loan to value or loan to cost, and the lesser of those two is what they use. So, like, if you're loan to, loan to uh, cost, if you're going to build it for $3 million and you already put in five 500000 like, you don't have 25% in. You don't. You got you to gotta get more in. They don't look at loan to value. 25% you know, of the 3 million. Yeah. 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 So and what is if you, if it's going to cost that much, right? Just to reiterate that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Exactly. So it, they just look at a different metric and they say this is the max amount, can you build it for that? And it worked out. We had to we had to nix one item um which would have been more of a luxury and and a, a pillow that would have helped us but it worked yeah. out. Yeah. So so it wasn't a one to one where you can bring you can you can say uh, you, hey, I'm, the contractor is going to cost this percentage or this amount of dollar amount, plus the developer is going to cost this much. But we're bringing that as equity. It didn't work like that in in the sense in in the sense that I think Alex thought I was trying to imply. My my point is, if you're an architect as a developer, right? The biggest thing, the two big things you can bring to the table without hopefully having to bring any more cash to the table is all of your sweat equity in the drawings, all the engineers that you paid for. Hopefully, you have good relationships with them, so then. You know, fees can be worked worked around and stuff like that. You know, but the but the value of of the finished product is there. Plus, you hopefully you paid for the land, right? But it allows you to be in a much better driver's seat without having to bring partners on, right? Alex and I almost had to bring another partner on. It, 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 while it would have worked out well, you know, good good in certain ways. Well, there would have been profits taken from that. Yep. So. Yep. So the last the pro forma while I was talking on Tuesday. <laughs> We had all the construction costs and then all the equity costs. And he's like, delete all that. Delete all that. I just want to know what you need to build it. That's, you know, and then and then the numbers work from there. And what's crazy about this, and I know that you felt this too, and this is the other thing about the developer hat, is that there'll be times, especially in the beginning, like let's say um, some, some other professional you're working for, a mechanical engineer or whatever, you'll argue about like, printing costs that they invoiced you for or you know like their bill is, is too high and and you know like maybe you're only talking about like one two three thousand something like that 
And then you're then when you're talking about financing and partners and stuff like that, it's funny because you could spend, you know, two days, you know, in, in your mental space arguing about $2,000 and you can spend five minutes making a $50,000 move. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I think the reason why that's okay is because you can look, it's not the dollar amount is, is this the right decision? So like, okay, they, they gave you $200 of printing costs. Yeah, but, or, or they charge you for, you know, driving to a meeting. You're like, well, it depends, you know, is it, is it, should meetings be all encompassing? You know, you're not timing me for driving to a meeting, you know, because we're in the same town. So like, it's more, is it the right move or not the right move? Not the dollar amount. The dollar amount does matter, but isn't that kind of weird? Have you, have you had that feeling? You're yeah. like, I'm arguing about $200 and then I just made a decision where I'm losing $50,000. Exactly. <laughs> so you're, the, the classic line is that you're stepping over, you're stepping over pennies to get to dollars type yeah. of thing, right? But I don't see a way around it. Like Exactly. There isn't, there isn't a way around it. So I have a question for you yeah. and that is re- regarding all of this is that, so since we're so close, you know, it's possible we could close today. Alex says it's going to be Monday. Fair enough. Um, we wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have, I don't think we would have had all of our ducks in a row to present our project to this lender if we wouldn't have went through all the motions with traditional financing. Right. Right. It would have took, instead of this being done in a, a week, it would have been done in, well, we would have met them. Then there would have had been an appraisal and that would have took three weeks, mm-hmm. stuff like that. We probably could have shaved a month off the process, so. But again, we didn't know about them. You know, we didn't. Know. You don't know. You don't. You don't find that hundredth person until you go through ninety nine. There you go, and maybe that's the lesson. You don't, and that's the way I'll title this podcast too: is you yeah. don't know. You don't know the hundredth person until you went through ninety nine. Beautiful. Yeah. Love yeah. It. There you go. So we have a user question, uh, Lance. Why don't you go ahead and read it? Okay. Question. Uh, can I say who's from? Yes. Okay. This is from Mike Lee. Uh, so question, the value of realtor's license. It seems like most of the value of a real estate license is to be able to access the MLS and find info slash deals that aren't accessible to a regular person. But in some of the information I'm finding, it says that you have to register with a broker like Keller Williams to access the MLS and you need to work under a broker for three years before you can be a broker. Some resources I find say you don't even have to be a licensed real estate salesman to access MLS seems shady. Sounds like there's a lot of misinformation out there slash information more for career realtors, not investors. I was thinking that my wife could get her real estate license, work as a realtor, as a side gig, and help find deals for my architect slash developer business. But it sounds like being a realtor isn't really side gig compatible. Can you provide some color on the dynamic between F9 and I think it's Al's wife? It's actually Lance's wife. Sounds like maybe it wasn't really that intentional to have a realtor semi-in-house. Is there no value for an aspiring architect developer team to pursue an in and to pursue an real estate license? I have a, I read that all. You get to answer. Okay. And then I'll fill in. Yep. Um, I don't think the only value is to be able to access MLS. I almost think that is the least valuable thing that a real estate person brings because everything's transitioning to Zillow, Redfin, you know, all these other things. So accessing MLS, you know, oh, we'll put it on MLS. That's great. Where does everyone that's going to buy it actually finds it? They actually find it on, on Zillow or something like that, right? 
If you want to find out how you can access and post on MLS, ask a, a realtor school. Find two or three realtor schools online. If they aren't communicating with you, they aren't a good school. So like if you're considering being a real estate agent, you have to basically go to school. You have to do some hours and all that. So just find out the local places or the best ones on the internet and ask them that question, especially about MLS. Now, what is the value of a real estate agent? I think it is their ability to sell, which means their system and their strategy for selling. And it comes through experience. That's point one. And I even got one from a a developer that I know where he said, do not price any unit the same. Like just that alone is good insight. Some of the agents that I've dealt with too, like how they have, okay, we're going to have, you know, we're going to build up this whole commotion for this one day and then limit it. And then I'm going to have, you know, there, they had girls there. I'm going to have my girls there, you know, to have, uh, have enough people to answer questions and, you know, we're going to bring traffic. So learning all that and their ability to sell is also really strategic. And then the third thing that they bring is knowing prices and knowing people, right? So knowing what the true cost is and all that. So that, and by knowing people, I think what Alex is getting at is they have, look. My wife has a a, a massive uh, database that she keeps building up with potential buyers. Yep. And so you're able to tap into their database, and they're able to instantly, hopefully, find people that are that are interested um, in, in 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 what you're producing. Yep. And then the other thing is, if you are selling something that's a bunch of units or one units, it's having that interface with the client, right? So being able to tell who's BSing, who's not answering what you like for me i'm getting more and more impatient as i grow i even took it out on my wife <laughs> it's not it, everything was fixed but uh uh you need a dog to kick i know i know <laughs> i go i go honey let's this is sunday did i tell you this i said no. let's go get ice cream she goes on two conditions I go what are the conditions she goes atlas gets fries it's like done she goes i get to pick whatever toppings i want on ice cream I go not granted <laughs> wow <laughs> And I was like, I, I told her this makes no sense. You know, we're going, I'm just, I just am sick of indecision. Right. Oh yeah, sure. So having, you could be an agent, you could be an agent, but do you want to deal with answering all those questions or did you want to draw on design and manage? Yeah, it all, it all comes down to specialty. And I think that's one of the things I'm, I'm, I've sort of realized throughout this process is like, holy cow. So we're wearing, we're wearing all these different hats and at some point you have to, you can't wear all the hats. You just yep. gotta. You're gonna concede. I'm sorry. Like as much as we, as much as we do, developer, architect, contractor, professor, uh, entrepreneur, all podcaster, all this stuff. Yep. There's there's a certain level of where you're just like, okay, I gotta let other people do this. You pay for it, and yep. and it takes that allows you to focus on the things you can manage. Yep. I will give you one reason why to do it though, and I think why this to is do what why to become a real estate agent. Okay. You or your wife, especially if there's any students listening. This is why I think it's okay. <laughs> So people come and apply to our firm all the time, right? And we look at their Revit skills, their design skills, their personal skills, and their potential, right? And their attitude. And then some people will say, oh, I have my, my leads, my leads, green building, whatever, right? That, that's great. Literally no monetary value to our firm whatsoever, Right. It's a standout. They did something above and beyond school. So like if it was comparing someone exactly the same skills, exactly the same personality, okay, that might help. But if someone came and said, hey, yeah, during my third year, I studied, got my real estate license. Like that's interesting. 
because this is what that can give you. While you might not be able to get all the strategy, all the connections, all that other stuff, which is kind of the true value of it, it does kind of let you into that MLS, that that back door, which I know I downplayed, but and it, it also allows you to I, I I one of the developers that, that we both know, we've went around and looked at buildings in, in construction and they go, Oh, what are you doing here? And that person was able to say, Oh, I'm a real estate agent. Yep. And and, and it's legit. And here's the other thing too, like let's say let's say for some reason we held on to three units, right? And in two years, someone came and they gave us something that like, oh my God, this is a great offer. And let's say it was a buddy of ours, you know, that we knew. So we trusted nothing, you know, like it could be any one of our buddies that we know or one of our guys wants to buy it. If someone in the firm or if you were an agent, okay, instead of giving that commission for a deal that we found that we knew that is our buddy, that is no hassle whatsoever, instead of giving away $30,000, we're just going to do an in-house low fee, you know, yep. so that, that is where in my head, if someone came to me, I'd say like, okay, we got this other play. And if we're developing units and if it's not, you know, we'd use an agent for the whole selling and stuff like that. But in this, let's say in the future we have 10, 20, 30, we keep doing this. And there's those little deals like, you know, at some point, like this is not worth the whole agent's commission. This is literally my buddy called me and just wants to buy it we're not doing $30,000 in transaction fees for this. Right. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So the only, the only color I would, I would add. Uh, so one of the questions just to repeat was, uh, can you, or to reiterate, can you provide some color on the dynamic between F9 um, and Lance's wife? And so the, the dynamic is for us, it comes down to, to trust. And then us, uh, m- she mitigates, our our deals right between the between who we're ever buying stuff from or who we're selling it to and i think she's really good at <clears throat> vetting vetting p- potential people who we're selling to you know one of the things that alex and i and her are learning is that the more the more detailed questions you get right before a somebody is going to purchase something for you or somebody is going to hire something for you is the more the, the more questions they're asking the more they're looking for just that one thing for them to say no to. You know, the one thing for them, they need an excuse. They need an excuse for to say like, this isn't working for me. This is a red flag. This is, this is all, this is all this and that. So uh, I, I think we're trying to form this kind of triangle with her, Alex and I and, and, and Marilyn to, to, so that we all vet because at the end, these are, these are high risk, these are high risk, uh, units that we're selling so we need to make sure we're selling them to people who are not high risk yeah you know for whatever that whatever that is and and i would say that's a broad statement that's very true but there's always a balance and i was reading um one book is on startups you know and they're basically it was again let's say you're a, you're a funder lance you venture fund right and i come to you with, with some idea he goes, some people will keep, yeah, I'll go, oh, what do I need to show to you for you to be comfortable? And you're like, if you just show me that you prove this concept, you did this and this, we're going to fund you $400 million. You know, yeah. I come back six months. I show you that. And they're like, yeah, that's great. Times have changed a little bit. As you know, Trump's in office and stuff like that. So if we just have this, this, <laughs> and this, you know what I mean? It's the same thing with asking questions. And it's the same thing that we did with some banks. It, no, if we just look into this and do this and that versus someone who sees and knows, oh, this is a great deal. This fits in what I want, whether it's a venture fund, whether it's funding your project, whether it's finding a client, 
there's a theme that runs throughout all of those. And you can't define it in one sentence, but like your little monologue was a good way to start and maybe just to turn your alerts on. Like, oh, this might be something I, I really need to watch. Yep. Yep. And be wary of. Yep. So. Cool. With that, with that, I'd like to introduce Nick. Our potential best friend. Yeah, like depends, we don't, depends on Enscape. Depends on if you go really to uh, Enscape.com. E-N-S-C-A-P-E.com. Here we go. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Resistance. I believe that architecture today needs to reflect on the tasks and possibilities which are inherently its own. Architecture is not a vehicle or a symbol for things that do not belong to its essence. In a society that celebrates the inessential, architecture can put up a resistance, counteract the waste of forms and meanings, and speak its own language. I believe that language of architecture is not a question of a specific style. Every building is built for specific use, in a specific place, and for a specific society. Peter Zumther, Thinking Architecture. Al Lance. A question. Who's your favorite employee? Be honest. Toodles. For, well, first, 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 we're actually going to address the architecture monologue because we haven't done that in the last. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you noticed that. We just go it. right to Nick's question. So, uh, I, Peter Zumpther, the reason why he won the Pritzker is because he he like he recognized you know the, all those like uh, it wasn't rehab buildings, but he he was he didn't tear down the existing building right like he 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 infused his architecture into this into all the existing buildings that he was doing in the last decade right. So he he gets he gets that like you got to be each building is custom to its user and stuff like that. How much of a difference though is that from internationalism, right? Didn't you read Le Corbusier's? And that was his whole idea was okay internationalism. Like it's the opposite. It's the complete opposite, right? Yeah. That there's no they're machines for living, so they're not yes. yeah. Is it, so you just wanted to bring up the, the contrast? Just the contrast, yeah. Look how far we've switched back now, and you know, and even mm. you can even go as far as like society starting to do that. I mean, we've done that for the last, I think, maybe since the late '90s, early early 2000s, with like the new new green movements and stuff, where farm to fork happens. You know, like in Boulder County, that's a huge thing is farm to fork restaurants, right? Like we grow in the back, we grow all the arugula for your uh, pizza yeah. and stuff like that. And people are like, now there's like um, all these, uh, we've had clients where we've designed custom chicken coops for like urban houses, you know, so they have chickens in the back. Yeah. What's crazy about that, because I think you're right and it's true, but it's still difficult because there's still systems because without systems, things become extremely inefficient. So residential, there's 10 to 20, you know, manufacturers of windows. But in your price range, maybe there's only three. Uh, same thing for commercial windows. There's maybe 10 or 20 of them, but you know, there's, there's only three. And once you do the permutations, you, you can get unique stuff. Um, but it, it, people's tastes and what they like and what they don't like, because internationalism and brutalism does have its fans too. 
right? But uh, you know how a lot of people complain about modern architecture and it's all boxes and all that. And if you look at some of the really good brick buildings that we love that are amazing, right? I'm sure there was a group or people on the corner that says, another brick building with bricks that move and going funky, you know, like how, how they do their cornices and all well, that. Can't they do something original? Well, Victorianism built, I mean, that caused modernism at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Interesting. Um, the employees are like our children. You just can't pick. Just uh, I'll answer this. Me. I'm technically an employee of F9. I'm a W4. Uh, and we've stated this over and over again, is that if you're going to start a business, if you're going to start a business, if you, even if you're just a sole ball by yourself, figure out how to pay yourself a routine salary so then you can try to you can do and stuff like Alex and I are qualifying for loans so you can go out there and expand and leapfrog. So... Uh, I am I am my favorite employee. I I'll, I'll cop out too. I'll say myself. <laughs> I'm I'm really good. I work with myself the best. <laughs> exactly. All, all the time. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So should we bring in the guys for ARE Jeopardy? We should bring in all of our favorite and employees. And we'll let you decide. There you go. According to IBC 303.1.1 Buildings with assemblies with an occupant load of less than blank shall be classified as Group B occupancy. A, 25. B, 50. C, 75. D, 100. What do we got, guys? What do we got? 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 B, B, B. You are all correct. You are all winners. Just to let you know, Nick asked who our favorite employee was. And we answered it. So you got to listen to the podcast if you want to know who it is. <laughs> Someone just whispered, it's not us. This one has A through F. Be prepared. <clears throat> According to IBC 705.11.1, the height of a parapet shall not be less than blank inches above the point where the roof surface and wall intersect. A. 6 inches, B, 24 inches, C, 30 inches, D, 32 inches, E, 36 inches, F, 42 inches. Just the uh, answers. A, 6 inches, B, 24 inches, C, 30 inches, D, 32 inches, E, 36 inches, F, 42 inches. D, E, B, all wrong. C, 30 inches. Yeah. What's the score, Al? What's the score? It is 111. 111. All right, I got the best questions. (laughs) Okay, ready, boys? Number three. What is a masonry wall built without mortar, also known as an interior wall, or ceiling of gypsum wallboard construction? Is it A, mortarless wall, B, drywall, C, stacked wall, D, minimum masonry wall? Do you need this repeated? Number three, what is a masonry wall built without mortar, also known as an interior wall or ceiling of gypsum wallboard construction? Is it A, mortarless wall, 
B. Drywall. C. Stacked wall. D. Minimum masonry wall. We have B, B, and C. I am blown away B got this right. Uh, so it's B. It's drywall. Yep. Yep. All right. So now we have, what is it, two? Two, two, one. Okay. Number four. What is the process of extracting metal from its ore known as? Is it A, smelting, B, extraction, D, dissection, sorry, C, di- dissection, or D, ore taxation? All right. The, the, one more the question or the answers? Answers. Answers. Okay. Answers one more time. Both. All right. Number four. What is the process of extracting metal from its ore known as? Is it A, smelting, B, extraction, C, dissection, D, ore taxation? Mm. We have A, A, and B. The correct answer is A. We have a, we have a tie off. We have yeah. a tie. We're on off. So this means Lance is going to read the question. The first one to flash me the answer. That is correct, Wins. Yep, that's it. Ready? Number five, tiebreaker. What is the overall rate of heat flow of a particular wall section expressed in BTUs per hour per degree of Fahrenheit per square foot known as? Is it A, R value, B, heat transmission loss, C, U factor or U value, D, heat lossy boy? Mark, what do you... Is it B? It is not B. It is not B. Okay, you need to try again? It is, okay, Gresh said A. It is not A. It is, it is C. Congratulations. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, you are going to enjoy our book, The Creativity Code. Get it on Amazon. Get it for all your employees, every single one. If you have a hundred firm, do it. Get it for everyone. Read it to your kids at night. If you're learning Revit, Go to RevitRocketShip.com. Get it for all your employees, even if you have 100. Um, Money back guaranteed. So that's all I got, Lance. Here's what I got. We have a brand new Inside the Firm merch shop. So if you go to Facebook.com forward slash PG forward slash Inside the Firm forward slash shop, or if you just go to Facebook, type in the search bar Inside the Firm and go to the shop button on the left-hand side, Please help support the firm and do it in style with some awesome new shirts we have going on. Uh, we have we have an inside the firm mug. It's fantastic. I can't wait. I'm going to get some for the for the guys just so you know. Uh, we have sweatshirts. We have long sleeve shirts. We have a baby shirts even, and we have uh, tank tops. So check all the check out all that merch and help support the podcast. If you guys all don't dress your baby in these clothes with the book. And send us a photo. Yes, I don't know what you're doing. Absolutely, we would love. I would love to see some photos of, of folks in 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 their firm inside the firm uh, wearing wearing the merch. So, uh, with that, we'll see you next week.